welcome to the second episode of the Esports Factory Show. Thank you to all our guests for joining us today. A little bit about the Esports Factory. We are an esports marketing agency trying to change the game and level up brands. We work with a wide range of esports partners, all the major media agencies and esports personalities in SA. If you are considering esports as a part of your marketing or advertising strategy, then be sure to hit us up as we and our partners have some amazing solutions for you. All right. So for those that don't know us, I'm Alan Keatsman. Um, I'm one of the directors and the CEO of the Esports Factory. I'm an ad man, lover of sports, avid gamer, and I love advertising. I've worked in the ad industry on the media owner side for 15 years. Um, I started out uh, actually in gaming with PC Format and Gear Magazine, for those of you that do remember it. Um, I then moved over to FHM, did a wonderful stint there, was also heavily involved in gaming, and then I took a break and went into out of home, and recently um, pioneered hologram advertising in the country, which brought me back into the gaming side of things, and uh, yeah, that's a bit about me. I'm not going to go on and on about it. No one really, really wants to listen to me today. Let's rather listen to our wonderful guests. I've got three of them. So Ashley uh, is my co-host and partner at the Esports Factory, and we've got the lovely Julia Robson and the super lovely and amazing Marissa Hemroach. So Marissa, over to you. Tell us a little bit about who you are for the esports personalities that don't know you. So um, as you can see from my title, I'm a Chief Strategy Officer at Wavemaker Global, which is a media agency. Media agencies partner with brands to place their advertising. And we're always looking for new opportunities and interesting avenues and something to give our clients the edge. But the reason that I'm on this particular webinar is because behind the scenes, uh, we are a family of gamers. Um, my five kids all game. And I was thinking about it earlier. For as long as I can remember, I've been in a family of gamers. Prior to that, my sister and I game because quite intense. Uh, there were lots of fights over consoles and whose turn it was. And there were lots of timeouts because things would get very hectic because we didn't have the opportunity of playing with um, other gamers. And I've been watching the esports journey for a long time. So quite excited to be on the panel um, and also to share what opportunities exist for marketers and advertisers who want to get involved. Awesome. Look, Maris, we've known each other quite a long time. Um, once again, thank you so much for for being a, a guest on the show. We're really excited about having you on the show. Um, Jules, uh, over to you for all those uh, branding and marketing and advertising people and strategists and planners out there. Tell them a little bit about who you are and how you shoot up virtual people for a living. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, so basically just that. Um, my title, obviously, on this webinar is uh, Esports Personality and Professional Gamer. So um, from a personality perspective, I uh, stream on Twitch and uh, create content to the local esports community, basically, um, by using my social media portals. And uh, I'm actually partnered with uh, Acer Africa, 
Um, they're my current headline sponsor for my brand, um, Bish, which is my gaming persona. Um, and uh, from a professional gamer perspective, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I play a lot of video games um, and yeah, pretty much for a living. Fantastic. Ashley, a little bit about you. Quick intro. Well, my name's Ashley. Um, I'm a local avagaver and sports lover all the way from the East Rand. Uh, so, yeah, I've been gaming now, I'd say, for about 15 years and probably seriously gaming or competitive gaming for about three to four. My gaming career or uh, journey started on PC, but then I moved over to console gaming um, over multiple different titles from sports to shooters. And I'm actually now part of a clan, which I head up, which has been around for, well, it was open 2015. And we about a 50-50 split in our clan. So 50% social gaming and 50% trying to have a go and see how good we actually are. <laughs> I'm in, uh, and I'm involved in some of that as well myself. <laughs> yeah, we actually have some an, an awesome F1 season starting amongst our clan tonight, which I'm actually looking forward to. So we need to keep this brief so it gets a practice in. But to <laughs> carry on, um also been on this actual sports field all my life. So sports is a massive thing in my life, and I've achieved some actually really good things, especially on the soccer field. Um, my work career, I've always been around brands. I started with brands from when I was fresh out of varsity and I've always been involved in the sales, marketing, and brand management around these brands. So yeah, in a nutshell, I'm a, I have a big passion for business, sports, and gaming. And being able to merge all of this has been absolutely incredible. Awesome, Ash. So <laughs> just... Uh, to the, the listeners out there, we're going to release our first show that we ran last week where it was pretty much a, a beginner's guide to esports and gaming in South Africa and why your brand should be there. Uh, we spoke around what is esports for people that don't understand the difference between that and gaming. But um, we are putting it out to you. One of our main goals for the show is to answer all your questions and engage the audience. So please feel free to ask any of those basic questions. Um, you know, for some people that are experts, we, you know, you, you know, all these things, but for others, something, something as simple as just knowing the difference and how to differentiate between gaming and esports is, is a key thing when you're planning your marketing strategy. All right. So our vision for the series is to have a lot of fun, host amazing guests, which we're doing today from the esports and marketing sectors and get way more brands to play in the esports space. We've got a uh, couple of few, few cool topics to kick off with. And then we'll be answering those questions. So I think over you to over to you, Maris. Um, let's head it off there. Let's get into some of those uh, talking points and questions that you had. Do you want to take it away? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, coming at this from a marketing and client point of view, the big question everybody's asking is, how big is esports in South Africa really? And for those that don't know the the esports sort of ecosystems and how massive it is explaining how much of reach you could get and how important it is to be involved is sometimes a bit challenging so I'd, I'd say to you guys that are very involved in esports how big is the market so if um, I can jump in there yeah so from an esports perspective um, I think there is definitely um, a difference between esports and just gaming culture in general in South Africa. So 
um, we should also make that differentiation. So when it comes to esports, we consider it a, a competitive environment where um, gamers compete in tournaments, leagues, cups, um, and usually it's hosted by tournament orgs um, that, uh, you know, host fantastic online or, um, you know, IRL event um, tournaments. So I think that's that's one uh, side of it. And obviously from a gaming perspective is how many people are actually interested in esports and gaming content. Um, so I think what is really cool is that esports is, you know, largely backed by the fact that, um, you know, gaming is very popular and uh, generally esports is built off games that are quite popular. So for example, um, FIFA is doing fantastically in the country. And um, recently we've obviously seen uh, Fortnite being a hot topic in a lot of, um, you know, the youth uh, specifically uh, opening up platform to mobile and not just um, console and PC. So I think that it's kind of hard to put a number on exactly how big the esports industry is locally in South Africa, but I think we can look at um, the type of numbers and reach that uh, tournament hosts get locally to sort of get us a better understanding as to the um, audience and, um, you know, amounts of esports players that we're currently dealing with. I think that's fair. Um, we would often be asked to, to quantify that, but I also feel that one of the things that a lot of marketers aren't aware of is the, the things like how many tournaments there are and the number of people that actually view um, esports players like yourself, Julia, uh, who are considered proper athletes. Um, one of the myths, and, and Alan and I have spoken about this, is that people assume that esports um, kind of stereotype is a gamer that might be completely um, obsessed with gaming and and that's all they do. But esports is a proper sport. It, there's a lot of training that goes in. There's a lot of techniques. And I'm really pleased to see that it's been introduced into quite a few schools as um, an extracurricular activity. And they've got teams that are training to join the big leagues, both locally and internationally. Are you excited, Julia, to see that sort of development in esports, having been in it for quite a long time? Absolutely. I think it's opening the doors to the, you know, esports industry and not just looking at gaming as a whole, as a culture and as a hobby, but esports as an actual sport being taken a lot more seriously. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, the one misconception once again is that the global market and the local markets is not um, similar. It's, it's, we are a little bit behind on the trend. And um, the exciting part about that is that we are still in the space that when um, things really do kick off locally that, you know, um, we can still predict a little bit as to how the trends will go forward, uh, looking at, you know, how people um, take on esports as a extracurricular activity um, or from an educational perspective. So that's really exciting for me personally, because um, I'm also seeing a lot of schools and universities actually um, being a lot more, I would say, um, interested and focused on how to make gaming um, 
not just the sport, but also turn it into an educational um, opportunity. So yes, I definitely think that, you know, we are moving into a new age or future, if you will. And um, the digital side of our lives are definitely flourishing at this point. And uh, we're seeing that specifically during this lockdown period. Um, so I think it is definitely something that uh, I, I'm keeping a close eye on and that uh, I hope more brands are focusing on as well. Um, that was going to be what I asked. How have you found brands interacting with esports up until this point? So it's great that that Alan and his team have started Esports Factory and are going to start pushing the sort of content at at the industry where we get a bit more information about how esports works. But prior to that, I know that there were a few brands that were involved with esports. Um, but what is the appetite that you've seen? from brands to participate? Well, from my side, I mean, obviously just as a brand myself. So obviously I consider myself more of just, you know, content creator in that realm. Um, Mm. And the amount of brands that actually message me on email and on Instagram DM, hoping to get their product involved into the gaming sphere. It's quite interesting to me because I've actually found a few um, companies that are willing to showcase their investment apps um, and, you know, more of, I wouldn't say necessarily gamer focused products. So it's very interesting for me to see that brands that aren't necessarily into esports and gaming um, directly are also looking into the market. And, and I found that to be, um, you know, something that really pricked my ears. Um, but more specifically, I think, Uh, when it comes to even brands that do work really well with gaming, the amount of time and effort that's put into building a strategy around gaming and esports, specifically in the current, you know, um, atmosphere that we are, you know, living in, I think um, it's, it's a really interesting time. I, I often find myself thinking, how can I get a brand that does not necessarily directly speak to a lifestyle perspective or a tech side um, to also talk to talk to gamers? Because uh, what I've also found, and from a gaming perspective, like as a gamer myself, um, usually the type of content that we're exposed to is tech, uh, lifestyle, um, stuff that you know genuinely is directed towards a um, younger, you know, audience with its, I think, age between 16 and 30. Um, that's pretty much the target audience that I work with as well. So, um, yeah, it's a very interesting time to see that other brands and other industries are also looking into gaming and esports and trying to digitalize their content a lot more. I think you so quite- I, I actually wanted to jump in here. Sorry, Marissa. Obviously, sure, you... You asked the question and being the, the kind of media and, and marketing expert that you are, you've obviously worked with quite a few brands over your, your career. And I mean, let's be honest, in the last kind of five to six years, there's been a massive swing on the digital side. Yeah. Have, have you had a lot of interest in terms of gaming and esports, or has it only become a thing in the last year? Locally, and literally, uh, to be honest with you, no, we've not had a lot of interest. Um, there's been a lot of interest in influencer marketing, but yeah. not 
from a, an esports and gaming point of view until now, until there was no yeah, life. Yeah. So I think um, definitely with the coronavirus and our lockdown and no contact sports being allowed, it has turned the spotlight onto esports. And I'm sure um, all the, the guys that actually participate and are very avid gamers, but particularly in the esports arena, which is very different and very much more professional, you guys must be feeling like, really, it took you that long to realize that we were here? Um, <laughs> you know, so uh, there's been, there've been numerous reports written. There's been a lot of papers put out by PricewaterhouseCoopers around the, the future of gaming and um, the value of esports. And South Africa itself, we went through a dip um, last year where we had slightly decreased numbers in terms of esports because I think brands in 2017, 2018, were interested and got really excited and then weren't too sure what to do in, in this particular channel. And that's why I'm like really interested to see if we are clear as marketers and as, as marketing experts, what are the things we can do in the channel? And I like what Julia said about brands that are not the traditional apparel um, energy drinks, um, sort of snacks, all of the things associated with keeping or appealing to a gamer, but looking at other brands and what are the opportunities for them? Because for the first time in a long time, we've got a new channel to think about really hard. And it's exciting times. I mean, we can have very robust discussions around things that brands want to do that might not be possible in, in any other channel. 100%, 100%. Yeah, I think it's, you know, even from my perspective, being a, a gamer myself and uh, actually being a, I would say, a sports lover, like it's just so frustrating right now not being able to go and play around a golf or go. I mean, I just, like a joker, I just turned 35 and I was hoping to play vets soccer this year and I can't do it. You know? Um yeah, on Sundays, I'm watching Crazy Oaks taking their cars out and driving them fast around uh, my neighborhood, but they should be doing F1 rather. It's a bit safer. But I think like gaming allows that that social interaction. And if I look at like, just even if it's not from a professional perspective, what you get out of the social aspect right now is just fantastic. I mean, you're locked up all day. You obviously are dealing with people from a business perspective and your family, but sometimes you just need to be with your mates. And competing with your mates online against other guys, it just offers something really, really different that I don't I really don't think there's a lot out there to compare to that kind of gears that that consumers get when gaming. And I mean I have a look at um all the guys that we work with, some of them are actually on the show. You know, people weren't even thinking about sponsoring these guys online tournaments until lockdown, like everyone was all about trying to get involved in esports and gaming and maybe doing an event or maybe doing something at Rage. These gents uh, and ladies have been running these tournaments for, for years and they're really amazing platforms. There's thousands of consumers in, in a lucrative market that are, that are there to be targeted. And yeah. all of a sudden, because of something like the coronavirus, all of a sudden their tournament numbers are flying through the roof. All the seats are full. You, you, I mean, you can't even get into to certain tournaments, um, and it's just it's just an amazing time 
from that perspective, in prob- probably one of the worst times in humankind since I've been alive. Crazy. So, yeah, so I just want to actually just, Ash, there's a there's such an awesome question here, dude, that I want to jump into because we're talking about, like, I've jumped us into the, the online tournament stuff. But Peace Set Tunes has asked uh, a question here. Yeah. So he said FIFA is well-known in South Africa and only two teams have taken up that esports route, Chiefs and Pirates. Why is it that there's a slow uptake from other teams? Is it because there's no representative or it's not a route they'd like to take? So, Jules, I think this, even though it's FIFA-related, this will pretty much answer this one. Yeah, I think what's very interesting is that I've actually had some conversations with other um, organizations in the traditional sporting um, area, and one of them being the Sharks. Um, obviously, at the time, it was a conversation about how can they get involved with esports, um, specifically more from an educational sort of similar to like a club rugby or an academy perspective and mostly focus on the younger audience when it comes to schools and so on. And um, I think the conversation was going into the right direction in the sense of, you know, getting gamers that is, or just the general public, because I mean, this is also a comment um, that is in the chat at the moment. Gamers are everyone. We aren't just a specific species. You aren't just one singular thing you aren't just the gamer so for example I was a competitive horse rider for the longest time um that doesn't make me any less or more a gamer at the same time so I think that the conversation was more about finding a common ground something that people considered a hobby and uh, you know attracting people uh, with that you know sort of common ground that um, that gaming is and, um, you know, getting people to come out to stadiums. And that was sort of the biggest conversation, the biggest, um, you know, sort of, if I can say, uh, issue with the chat was that they would like gamers to come out to, um, the, to these events and come watch the rugby and come watch the soccer and, and participate and so on and so forth. So the conversation was very much surrounding, um, how do we get people to interact? And, um, it was actually, it really made me quite interested in looking into, you know, why do gamers go to events? What type of events are available for gaming? Is there any space for traditional sports to get involved in those, in those gaming events as well? Um, and I think it's maybe just still a little bit of a, um, you know, a gap in, in the, esports traditional sports um question i think that's always been a bit of a gray area where a lot of people are still saying okay well esports is not a sport it's not a physical sport and gamers prefer being online our tournaments are online so people don't physically have to leave their house and um now more than ever where lockdown is um, a reality, people can't leave their house. So now all of a sudden the tables have turned where esports is now sort of the thing to be a part of. And um, all of a sudden traditional sports are looking at to how to digitalize um, their content as well. So I think it is still a bit of a, um, you know, an, an area that is maybe still confusing um, and specifically for those that are the front runners in traditional sports, um, they may be not 100% sure as to how to get involved. But um, I can 
also say that from a traditional sports perspective um, in South Africa, we are seeing a lot of people actually uh, pricking their ears to esports and gaming and getting involved. Cool, cool. Um, yes, you want to jump into before we go back to Marissa? Some, let's, uh, yeah, there's some questions coming through. I'd like to just uh, get uh, through so some of those. Yeah, I love. I love this question from Miles, Ash. Read it out yeah. because this is one of Jules's things. Yeah, I was actually so going let's, to... Let's, <laughs> let's let her have a go. And I'd love to hear Marissa's <laughs> comment on it because I know Marissa's uh, lighties shoot and play shooting games as well. So uh, read the question out, Ash. And let's, yeah. let's go through that. So from Miles, hi uh, guys, some of the most popular games in the world are rather violent. Giving essays, issues, crime, violence, etc. Are these games suitable environment for brands to engage? So, this is actually one of my things, as the guys say, <laughs> um, because I only play violent games. So, <laughs> if I would like to make a statement, and then Marissa, maybe you can comment on it from a, from a brand perspective. Um, so, the thing about um, what what has been realized is actually there is a study to show that video games does not have a direct connotation to violence and crimes. Um, I do think that in some cases, certain video games are unnecessarily violent. And I do respect that there are certain rules and regulations from mainstream media specifically, um, you know, about recent um, scenarios that has come up in the past that is not very, um, I, I don't know how to be politically correct about this, but ultimately just a really bad things that have happened in the past that has connections to, you know, younger kids that do play video games. And um, I think something that we should realize is that from a violence perspective, most games that, I mean, if we're talking, you know, let's, let's name out the games that we see that in. So Counter-Strike Global Offensive being one of the most popular games um, in the esports realm. It's been a competitive esports for over 20 years. Um, they have insane prize pools, insane crowds. I mean, it's just, you know, it's one of those games that really have stamped um, their mark in the esports realm. And, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, in fact, I'm competing in it tonight. So um, I think that game specifically there's blood there's guns um it is a violent game it is a game where there's a lot of um you know intense matchups and that game gets freely streamed on a channel like twitch um whether it goes on to you know a mainstream media channel like um you know super sports or a, you know tv in general that is sometimes kicked back by brands and I completely understand why. Um, however, I don't think that um, it does have a direct connotation with uh, violence in the sense of what we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, I think it is an interesting topic. For me personally, I would like to see a lot more shooting games and games that have immense popularity to be um, enjoyed by the public. It's something that locally in South Africa, like Counter-Strike and Call of Duty are two games that are loved by the local esports community. And it's more the competitive nature of that game and uh, the strategy um, and, you know, the intenseness of the players and the amount of time and work they have to put in to actually counteract um, the other players that, 
we as gamers see, um, we don't necessarily see the violence. Um, but then again, we are talking about, you know, people that have been exposed to this for um, a longer time. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to say also, so I think the biggest thing that, that everyone will agree, especially the guys in the esports fraternity in South Africa, is globally there's so much that goes on. And in South Africa, we just seem to be a little bit behind. And if you take a look at it from a global perspective, Jules, there's quite a couple of brands that actually big brands, big car brands like the BMWs and the Audis, um, that actually sponsor Call of Duty or, or CSGO or Counter-Strike exactly, teams. Yes. Am, I, am I correct? Eh? And um, yes. I think locally, you know, it always comes down to perception as a as a marketer or a branding person as to where you th- you feel is the right space for your brand to play but i mean we are gen- we are more sensitive in south africa to this kind of stuff so the question is what do you do about that i think it, it goes into the next question from from rash banaya there is so much that you can do in the esports space from a marketing and a brand perspective i mean stuff like advertising in game stuff like doing influencer campaigns that we offer and, and Julia is a part of that working with online tournament hosts, which we're trying to work with as many as we can. And it all comes down to your brand pillars and where you're comfortable starting your brand out. You don't have to go the shooting route. If, if you're sensitive about it right now, there's so much you can do. There's FIFA, there's uh, racing games, there's MMA, there's golf, yes. <laughs> there's, family friendly stuff there's mobile games there's so much you can do and i think as the journey continues i think it'll, you'll start seeing a lot more of these bigger brands jumping onto to a lot more stuff eh, Jules? yeah i agree and i think also what's um, valid to note is the fact that um you know when it comes to violence and um you know, stuff like that. Obviously, shooting games is one thing, but, you know, we still have fighting games and so on. Um, I think most games have gone out of their way to try censor that. I think games that have specifically rised in popularity would be something like Overwatch, um, Fortnite, um, you know, even to a degree Apex Legends, where the characters themselves are um, in a sense a fantasy yeah. and they aren't as realistic um, and those games are doing fantastically uh, we're also seeing a new sort of I wouldn't say version of Counter-Strike because it's not at all the same thing but a game called Valorant being extremely popular right now in the um, esports scene internationally but also we're seeing a lot of interest of um, local gamers wanting to get involved with Valorant so uh, that game as well to have the sort of twist of it being slightly more fantasy with the same mechanics that is used in Counter-Strike so I think we are also moving into an age where game designers and so on you know are aware of that um, and they are trying to sort of move into that direction where, um, you know, it should be slightly more safer for people to be able to view online. Cause we do understand that in some aspects, gaming can be deemed addictive and, you know, unnecessarily violent. So I do think that people are trying to make that switch now, but, um, I highly urge people, um, that, you know, if anyone is interested in seeing how the international esports scene um, interact with the Counter Strike scene, go check out ESL Counter Strike um, on YouTube. 
because they're currently streaming their live games for a um, event that was supposed to happen um, at a physical venue, uh, but they've moved the entire event online, which is actually really interesting to see how easily and how quick that was done um, with the same production quality, obviously just uh, lacking a crowd. But um, the... I, th- I just think it's a very interesting, you know, eye-opening experience for people to actually start interacting with video gaming as well and see how the communities get involved. Because eventually, you know, um, if you have a traditional sport that you are interested in, there is likely a video game version of it um, that is being played and content being created around it. Awesome. Maris, I was going to ask you this since we, we've got you on the line here. So... <laughs> Let's just take an, a brand, for example, in South Africa that's sensitive to going into, let's say, sponsoring a Call of Duty uh, series. Would you say that putting a brand on something like Call of Duty is equivalent to doing a TV campaign around Ray Donovan? Yeah, Would pretty- you say there's a similarity? There's a similar. There is absolutely a similarity. I mean, I mean, you can't let you can't let your youngsters watch Ray Donovan. It's it's a very similar conversation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, I'm a massive Ray Donovan fan. I use it all the time. I, I can tell. No, but it, it it's and to your point. So when we're looking at things, I mean, obviously we consider things like brand safety. Where's the brand appearing? Does it make sense for the brand and what she spoke about in terms of brand pillars. So if a brand is edgy and um, kind of a little bit gritty in terms of, of what they stand for, what, what makes up the brand, they can wrap themselves around any kind of content in any channel. Esports is just another channel in which they can appear. And then it's a, based around the type of, viewer they'd like to attract the type of gaming fraternity they they want to appeal to. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work that must be done in strategy. When you're building an esports strategy, it's the same as building any kind of strategy. You've got to be fit for the channel that you're in. And yes, um, as you alluded to, um, my kids are all first-person shooter gamers, but they're all (laughs) FIFA fanatics. Um, and um, currently Forza Horizon 4 is ruling my lounge and and (laughs) there we go it's it's one of those things where rather um, a gaming sort of controller in your hand than an actual gun is is my parent this doesn't mean my children have violent tendencies it hasn't resulted in them being in the least bit interested in in picking up a gun but I am aware of um, where we live and how brands might perceive what a gaming experience is. And I urge anybody as a marketer who has never played a game or been immersed in, in gaming to just try it and understand it's pure escapism. It's the same as watching any kind of streaming content for a long time, except you're very involved in what happens to the character that you are. So it's it's a very different way of using a channel and the people that play and the people that view are not often looking at and I I know game designers are going to hate me for this they're not always looking at the stuff happening 
in the periphery. They're looking at what's happening with the character. And to the point that Julia made about gamers, esports gamers look at strategy, they look at the tactics they're using. I mean, I would love to just have somebody like a, a gamer's brain wire to see all the different neurocenters that are fired up when they're making those really quick decisions and, and playing. So when a brand decides to get involved with a game, it must be fit for the audience, right? So if you're going to market something yeah. that's aimed at, at um, um, 25 to 35-year-olds, to you're not going to go into a space that is exposed, like a 10-year-old is exposed to. And a lot of responsibility around gaming has got to come from parental controls. So as much as I have a gaming family, they went through stages of where they were allowed to have certain things and not allowed to have certain things. And I know not everybody is that strict. And that's something that the sport, I think, needs to, to put out in terms of brand safety guidelines and viewing guidelines, which I know they currently do. But from a marketing point of view, just to make marketers comfortable that when you decide I'm going to be sponsoring a Call of Duty tournament and that the people that are going to be attending, watching, participating are not going to be youngsters exposed to the content. And I'm comfortable that my brand is going to sit there and be authentic in that, in that sort of channel. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, just looking at the webinar chat, um, there's some comments here from Carl Durston, and it's it's in line with what we're discussing. So, like, brands, he's written a brand sponsor MMA. It's right for some brands. It's wrong for others. Like, I, hand, like, I can't agree with that mm-hmm. more. And I think, the, for me, like, beginner's guide, like, let's say you are one of those brands right now that can sell product um, or is about to be allowed to push products again and is keen to do some digital advertising and wants to get into the esports side or the gaming side, I think the easiest way to do it is, is as Marissa's briefly discussed, is you know confirm what your brand pillars are, what can you or what can't you do, and make it the easiest kind of fit to move straight into it. So if you are well known to being affiliated with, uh, with soccer or football, depending if you're South African or, or European, um, make it an easy switch over, play in the space, take a risk, take the chance to do something FIFA related. We, we did something a week ago where we, we started a, just for fun, really. We wanted to see what would happen. We started a FIFA tournament and initially we opened it up for the media industry. I really wanted to get like guys competing from a media perspective. Um, and then we decided to open it to the public and we used, uh, Nick Holden's, uh, platform ACGL awesome awesome platform and literally in two days we had a whole tournament filled with 128 participants we had to change the tournament from a one day to uh, to a two-day thing and yeah I mean it's it's just such an awesome time and do it the easy way if if you're affiliated with the EFC and you like advertising around UFC or EFC then we build a campaign around those pillars and you bring in the relevant influences that are easy for your brand to work with, that are they're comfortable with, um, and you do it in that fashion, eh? Um, Jules, you want to add anything on that from that perspective? I mean, you're an influencer; you you're exposed to this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, 
You know, I think it is just a matter of when a brand is involved in esports, I think um, some research is required. It is a space that, um, you know, that's exactly why we're hosting this webinars, uh, getting the questions and um, answers that is needed to take it to the next level. And I think um, a lot of the times there is a bit of a misconception with uh, who consumes um, the content specifically regarding video gamers and the influences around that. And um, also who hosts the tournaments and how is that regulated? Um, I mean, I often get questions from parents in my DM um, saying that, oh, my kid wants to become a pro Fortnite player but I don't want him to play so much video games. Um, and, you know, I take my time to really explain the measures that people can go to make sure that their kids are safe and, um, you know, go through that. Um, I always make the joke, my mom is a very Afrikaans um, Buritani that doesn't understand <laughs> anything about video gaming, the internet, nothing, even though she's a senior SAP consultant, which I find completely ironic. But, um, you know, often to punish us, she would just unplug the router of the house and go put it in her <laughs> closet and then be upset because the, you know, the internet's not working. And I'll be like, but that makes no sense. Like, just tell us to get off the computer or like pull our power cable or something obviously I never told it because then she'd get too smart but the the thing is that um, I was exposed to the whole hog of esports at a very young age um, and I mean I was going to lands I was being dropped off at friends house that I didn't really even ever get to meet other than online um, my parents spoke to their parents via team speak and we made an arrangement and it was fine and we land um, so I mean I definitely saw the more rougher side of how to get an Afrikaans parent to understand video games and I totally understand how people can get those, um, you know, misconceptions because at the end of the day, we're talking marketing here, but um, we also understand that there are children, there are parents um, that are still involved in the background of this and, you know, to educate um, that side of esports will take some time. Um, but from a brand perspective, you know, I do think that um, when it comes to understanding that game developers do go out of um, their way to make a rated 16 game, you know, a rated 16 game or less than it's less, um, you know, doing that research and understanding exactly the ins and outs of the games, um, you know, that's where we come in and hopefully we can help with that. Cool. Are we so going to jump into another question? Yeah. Here? Oh, just, I see. So just, just to just close up the one with, for Rush Biner. Rush, I've, I've just put our email addresses on the, the webinar chat. So it's, it's Ellen at esportsfactory.coza and Ashley at esportsfactory.coza. For us, uh, to answer such a broad thing, to talk about reach and how you do it, I would yeah. love to connect with you after this, this conversation or this webinar. And we pretty much tailor make it around your brand and the pillars and where you want to head. And a large portion of the reach that gets achieved in campaigns is based on what influences you work with and what your actual strategy is. If you're just going to yeah. sponsor stuff and do it basic, we could probably predict the reach and, and guarantee it for you. But if you want to yeah. do some stuff that's out of the box um, and you want to be really innovative, like Travis Scott did with Fortnite, then well, <laughs> you can expect 13 million reach. It all comes down to the big idea. It's exactly like any other 
kind of campaign, which Marissa will tell you. If she runs a standard TV or radio campaign and just puts advertising there, she's going to get a certain reach and engagement. But if they start with call to action and different kind of engagement tactics, you'll get what you're looking for. And I think that, for me, is the most exciting thing about esports and gaming. It's a fun space. If there's brands that want to do stuff that's fun, now's the time to do it. People are frustrated. They're depressed. We don't know how long lockdown is going to last. Um, it could be a very long time. It could be the new normal. So, you know, whatever we forgot, whatever we used to do, we need to forget and we need to start planning for this. And what a wonderful way, but to bring your brand into this space and make it a fun experience, you know? So yeah, Marissa, do you want to talk about that quick? There's a question here about your, let's get your opinion. Would the interest in esports not decrease after lockdown? <laughs> I think I'll let you answer that one. So um, I, I looked at that question and I thought, um, it depends on when live sport comes back. So lockdown may be um, lifted and we might be able to go about life a little bit more freer. But South and having arenas full of people watching live sport, that's going to come back a lot later. Yeah. Which I, even the professional sports teams globally have turned to esports. I mean, you would have seen F1 and uh, I'm sure watch that carefully in terms of the virtual races. Um, there are other sporting teams that have created um, their teams virtually in the esports arena and are continuing to do so the longer the lockdown lasts because they need to maintain relevance for their fans. So to answer the question here locally, the fact that both of our Premier League teams, like the biggest soccer teams in South Africa who know that their fans are anxious to see them do something, have actually turned to esports. I don't think that's going to go away once the lockdown ends. I think we're going to see um, an additional, like a growth in, in fans and a growth in participants and an eagerness to understand what you can do in esports. And yes, there might be a slight tapering off, but I think it's here to stay. I think it's long overdue. I mean, yeah. as Judah and Alan have said, having been on the scene for a, a lot longer than most people, we lag behind the rest of the world in terms of esports, I think this is a prime opportunity for any brand during this lockdown time to, to take a little bit of budget and test and learn and see how yeah. responsive this market is, this market that is not watching traditional TV, that is not listening to mainstream radio, but is watching a gamer like Julia play, um, that is engaged with um, the comments and chats. I mean, I often walk into conversations in my lounge with, with players from around the world. And I think it's fascinating how gamers connect and yeah. they're very um, supportive of each other. They're always like, try this move or do something like this if you want yeah. to move faster. Yeah. So it's, it's a very welcoming community. And I think for South African brands, it's the right time, if you're the right brand, to try and see what you can do. You've got a, a window before lockdown maybe starts to be lifted in stages and you can actually gauge the interest of this particular market that you haven't spoken to before. Yeah. 
So I want to I want to jump in here quickly, and it is related to this and Motau's uh, question. Yeah. So we obviously had so obviously working in the out of home space, we had major plans to tie in a live sporting event. So I'm not going to say which one with a esports gaming event at the same time with the dream of getting it in a stadium. So I think that's so relevant because in the US, the guys do it. They've done it with basketball um, and a few other sports where you actually have an esports team competing prior at the stadium prior to kickoff or or whatever they call it in basketball. So I'm not great at basketball terminology. So, you know, if you look at a bit of a brand journey, you could start with some online kind of stuff now. And as, as, as and when we know what's going to happen in the world, you know, if, if live sports is going to come back and when it is, there's always a way of continuing that journey. And what an awesome way for a brand to run some kind of a tournament online now and paired up with a live sports event and have the finals held before that live sports event. So I'm just chucking it out there for anyone that may may be interested in something like that. I'm going to just say this before we, we run out of time. And guys, if there's, you know, this show is all about trying to get our guests to number one, engage with us, but also to get people on the show with us. So I'm looking at the attendees here and I really, really appreciate and thank you to, to everyone that's joined us from a brand perspective and from an esports perspective, there's some serious special uh, specialists in the esports fraternity that are on this call. We'd love to have you on the show with different with different topics and stuff like that. So please do mail us if you'd like to do that. Um, if any of you would like to just write in the webinar chat, is there anyone you'd like to see? Uh, maybe there's a specific sports athlete you'd like to see. Um, and we'll we'll go out and try and make that happen. And I'm going to run this chat a little bit longer. Maris, how much time do you have to stay on the chat and answer stuff? Um, I've got about 15 minutes. So we'll we'll stay on the line for the, the next 15 and try to answer all the questions. But for anyone that leaves, if you are listening, um, collaborate with us. Help us grow this. For us, it's to benefit the esports and marketing industry. We want lots of brands to do lots of esports and online stuff and amazing campaigns and amazing ideas. So bring it, let's do this together. Let's try and build something. Let's try and change the game and level up brands. Um, to end off, uh, Marissa, do you want to ask any other questions from your side before we answer the, the guests' questions? I, I didn't have any other questions. I just wanted to say, I know that um, from a, an accountability and um, return on investment point of view, we're always going to be asked about performance and reach numbers and how well a campaign's doing. And I think for esports, we need to be clear on what the measurement framework is going to be, what those KPIs are. It's not like every other channel. And if we're not clear on what we're delivering, it's going to be difficult for brands to take up the offer. So I think if we have any kind of, I don't know if you're putting together any kind of guidelines or how to get started in esports. It's just helping marketers explain to their boards how they would measure a campaign and how you know something's successful or not successful. Yeah. yeah. And also defining what is successful in mm. this specific sector. Because yeah, it's not a it's not a it's not a digital vanity exercise. You know, you're not posting an ad on YouTube. You're actually having a dialogue 
with someone, you know, if you enter one of these tournaments and I've, I've, I've entered a few, like there's so many awesome tournament hosts out there, like metal state, ACGL, mm -hmm. the Nodwin guys that have come in here, um, VS gaming. There's so much for gamers to do out there, but it's such a, a journey with the consumer and yeah, apologies if I didn't mention all of them. I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of the guys out there, but you, you're talking about five or six touch points by the time you've been exposed to the tournament. You've, you've gone and researched if you want to enter it. You've had doubts like me at entering FIFA tournaments because this, the guys are so good. What a wake-up call. Wow. I got knocked out of my own tournament on a very bad aggregate. I'm not even <laughs> going to say what it was. But, <laughs> and I think I'm good. All my friends think I'm good. Wow. Welcome to the online game. But... Um, <laughs> You know, you spend so much, the brand gets to spend such a like extended period of time with the consumer. Like, you know, game day, you then log on and you spend a couple of hours with the brand. So, you know, you get this opportunity to, to be maybe a Netflix, uh, a, a Netflix engagement with a FIFA consumer or uh, engine or Caltex experience when you're racing on Sims. I might yeah. say, look, I mean, I love all sports, but racing F1 with your mates online, best experience, unplayable from my perspective. I mean, Jules will talk about shooting and that. Ash, what do you say? <laughs> racing. Yeah. It's 100%. Dude, it's, in the current lockdown thing, if you've had a bad day, to get on and race against mates, the fierce that you get is just unplayable. So for any brand to tag onto that, that's what you're getting. It's an invite to the dinner table. It's not just an ad out there. So anyway, I don't want to go on about it. Um, there's some lack of questions. Ash, pick a pick a couple. So um, we can get yeah, I've may... actually been responding some. I've busy responding to some via typed okay, messages okay. as well. Jules, so, hit, it, hit it up there. Yeah, if I may answer some that I see is directly to me. Um, so I have a question from Charles asking, wondering with European and East, uh, or working with European and American esports teams and arranging live matches, we've had complaints around connectivity issues coming out of South Africa. Is that an mm. issue for me? So um, yes, specifically from a connectivity perspective, we have had issues with uh, the undersea cable in the past, which has caused some matches to be delayed and pushed out in to not necessarily work as um, they should. But I think from a broader perspective and from an infrastructure perspective, something that is really frustrating is that uh, Twitch is the website that people mostly use to stream live content from video games. So it's usually where streamers start off. It's a platform where it's mostly focused around esports and video gaming. So they speak directly to that audience. And um, uh, we've, we don't have a local server for Twitch South Africa. So basically we are streaming our content, um, to a server in London, uh, which means that we obviously, we often have some relay issues when it comes to production and so on. Um, a lot of brands have turned to YouTube South Africa, but that audience is quite broad. So to get your content to really take off in the sense, um, of esports and gaming, um, it does take a little bit of work. However, the are South Africans that do fantastically on YouTube. So um, when it comes to a latency perspective, definitely there's issues. A game that I also 
compete in um, only have European servers. Luckily, we now get around 160 ping to those servers. So it's still playable. However, it's not favorable, um, specifically because you're competing versus people that have a um, an MS of around 5 to 20. So you can imagine that's a really big difference when it comes to lag. So yes, basically to answer that in short, it's definitely an issue. It's something that I really hope um, more people would start, you know, considering and maybe start um, fixing infrastructures and putting infrastructures in place to counter that because it's definitely something that's needed um, for the South African esports scene to uh, grow even further. Um, and then another one that I would also like to answer um, is what is Esports Factory's take on promoting esports culture in the townships, given the fact that there's challenges such as access to data and internet speed? Um, is there any content that's distributed in the townships? So um, I've actually had multiple conversations regarding um, this topic uh, over the last few years. And I would just like to say that there are actually brands that actively invest into, um, you know, townships and gamers in those areas. Um, one brand that's actually done particularly well uh, is Red Bull. Um, they've hosted a campaign called Hit the Streets, where they took Street Fighter, which is basically um, Tekken Street Fighter. It's sort of in the same line. It's like a fighting game on console. And they take their massive Red Bull trucks and they park it off at an engine um, uh, along the road, announce where they'll be and have like a little show off. And um, ultimately, um, the players that, you know, beat the rest in that area um, proceeds to um, an event you know, where they can actually try to test out who's the best street fighter in South Africa. So they physically hit the streets to find, um, you know, the best street fighter player in the area. And I think that was a really, really cool incentive. Um, I would, you know, definitely like to get Luca on uh, online at some point to chat maybe about that topic a little bit further. Yeah, that's cool, um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and then another um, topic on that is that we do have a esports um, organization situated in uh, Soweto called um, Ikasi Esports, and uh, the local esports community has really embraced them and uh, made sure to you know get them involved in every tournament that we possibly can. I know guys from Goliath Gaming that um, Ash and Alan also knows quite well, um, which is another esports organization in South Africa, has spent a lot of time educating um, and doing academy events with them, doing little launch events within Soweto where they're actually have like a game day and people could come in and try some consoles and try gaming gear and so on. And it was just um, a day of exposure and a day of, you know, introducing um, esports and gaming to um, those cultures as well. So I think it's, I think it's definitely a conversation worth having even further because it's not just that there's definitely uh, FIFA being a very prominent game um, in the even larger South African audience. So I do think that there is a further conversation to have regarding those topics. Cool. cool. So I've won. There's a question here directed at Marissa. And I like yeah. this question. So um, it says locally, 80% of digital ad spend goes to Facebook or Google. Brands are looking for ROI 
on their ad dollars. How do we convince brands to test the waters of esports? So I was actually typing an answer to this question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I would say we have to build a compelling reason why the channel is important for the brand in that you are, are speaking about. So it's got to be relevant to the brand. And we've got to create entry level or low investment options for brands to kind of dip their feet in the water. It's, it's easy to ask a brand for a, a smaller amount than it is to go after millions of rands of budget. And it's simply a shift of explaining what they'd get in this environment. So be clear on what esports will deliver. It is a different type of influencer you're speaking to. And I liked what um, you said earlier, Alan, about the brand being in the hand of the actual consumer. Depending on, on how the brand appears, whether it's sponsoring a team, a tournament, appearing in-game, um, sort of whatever the touch points will be, it's a very different experience because it is very personal. It is one-on-one. -on -one. And that's the difference for esports, I think. Um, you could argue the same is true in social media, but I think this audience is a lot more reactive. You get a lot more engagement in terms of them telling you what they think and feel, um, if they like what you're doing as a brand and if they don't like what you're doing as a brand. Um, a lot more on-the-go sort of topical. When gamers play or when, when you are participating in tournaments, it's happening now. It's very time-based. It's very focused. So I think... For me to answer this, our job, so my job as a media specialist, and if I believe in the platform, is to sell that into brands that I work on. And it is the job of any other media specialist as well. And it's to say how I would approach it would be to say, look, take a little bit of this budget, let's try. It's how we sold digital when it first started. So it's not going to, it's, it's difficult in the beginning until people start to see the value and the return in terms of engagement from those consumers. Mm. Just all about the journey, eh, Marissa? Yeah, and I also think, let's be clear on what the channel's for. Are we trying to sell something? I don't think so. I think we're trying to establish a love for a brand or um, mm. kind of position something or make a statement. So let's be clear what we're using channels for. And then we'll get uptake from, from brands. If a brand understands, oh, I'm using esports, because I want to grow brand love with this particular consumer that I can't reach anywhere else. Um, I'm, or I'm using esports because actually I've got the fastest router in the market and those lag speeds are going to be something of a distant memory. Let's be clear. And also let's put that message out there properly. Yeah, 100%. So listen, I think um, Marissa and, and Jules, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you guys on the show. Um, once again, thanks to everyone that's still here and, and, and actually joined us for the show. We're going to be continuing the series. Um, to wrap it up, Jules, you're going to just talk about one last thing, which is alcohol. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and that, I think you've got a wonderful experience to share. So <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up with that. And guys, we'll be back uh, with more, with uh, maybe the same guests plus more. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll obviously send communication out uh, once we start getting the next show together. 
But yeah, Jules, yeah. ended up on the, the alcohol stuff for us there. Cool. So not to make anyone thirsty, <laughs> but because um, obviously I know it's a strange time for all of us. But um, so I've worked with Castle Lights in the past and uh, they actually have been quite prominent in the esports and gaming realm um, in South Africa. Firstly, they did a event um, with one of the local esports influencers with a FIFA campaign where they had multiple um artists come into a sort of gaming corner and verse this guy called Sam plays, um, go check him out. Um, <laughs> small plug, but, um, so they played FIFA and they had a little bit of an interview session. And again, it was an opportunity to create a common ground. It wasn't just an interview. It wasn't something as blatant as how was your, you know, performance? Tell us more, whatever. It was something that you're saying, okay, Catherine Oves is actually playing FIFA with Sam plays and they're actually having a little bit of banter and they're discussing, you know, the um, events and how it's, how cool the experience is. And they are exactly like Marissa's made created brand love for Castle Light, um, showed an association with FIFA, which is something that a lot of people, um, you know, relate to and uh, created really cool content around that. So that was the one experience. Um, another one is that Castle Light also had a sort of beer tent uh, or a beer garden at Rage Expo, which is one of the largest um, esports and gaming expos in South Africa that happens annually. Um, Fingers crossed it doesn't get cancelled this year because that would be really, really sad. Um, and it would be the first time I miss it in nine years. So, um, you know, the foot traffic at that event was around about uh, 35,000 people, I think was the number that was published from Rage Expo. So um, they had a little closed off area where there was bouncers asking for ID. Um, it was outside. It was, they had music. So you can go in, have a beer, but you can't take the beer out of the beer garden either so you had to finish your beer and then go back into um, the venue uh, so that was really well regulated and obviously that did really well for like the social aspect of gamers because again a common misconception is that gamers aren't very social um, that's you know the complete opposite gamers are extremely social in fact we love talking to people we love finding common ground so I think um, that worked really, really well. I visited that beer tent multiple times with a whole bunch of different friends and teams that I don't necessarily get to meet um, in real life, as we like to say. So it was a really cool experience because you can almost be like on Steam, hey, going to Rage this weekend, meet me at the beer garden at four o'clock. Let's all just hang out and introduce ourselves to each other. So you start out as a gaming alias and then end up as, you know, in real life friends. So that was a really cool experience. And then lastly, I did a few social media campaigns um, with Castle Light as well. Uh, when it comes to social media, it was really important to always showcase the no under 18, um, uh, you know, disclaimer almost. Um, I'm obviously not under 18. <laughs> um, so my audience is also on Twitch. If I was doing a later stream, my um, audience is usually for 18 plus just because it is shooting games. Uh, we do get aggressive. We do sh like swear. We have a very banter, real live, you know, 
um, experience. So we do like to keep that um, to, a, to a place where people have to sign in to watch my content live on stream, in which case um, Twitch allows the policy for me. I am allowed to consume alcohol as long as it is not done dangerously so or done via dares um, or per donation. So people can't force me to drink or feel peer pressured. Um, any of that is out of the TOS of Twitch. So there's definitely a lot of cool ways for alcohol brands to get involved with video gaming. Um, I think the content surrounding that um, is always a lot of fun. It's very engaging. It's very social. Um, so yeah, I know also Devil's Peak is another brand that I um, frequently enjoy and I usually drink their Hero, their Zero Alcohol Beer, um, specifically when I am, you know, gaming in a competition or something like that. Uh, that's also really cool and a cool connotation to have because ultimately it's the similar scenario as to, you know, sports people drinking um, alcohol. Um, so, yeah, that's just my two cents. <laughs> awesome. Okay, guys, look, we've run to quarter past one here. Um, I think thank you so much again to the hosts of the show and the guests and for the audience that's been listening and engaging. Just to, to wrap it up, if there are any discussions you'd like to have with us, hit us up. Um, we've got our social media pages, which you'll find under Esports Factory and Esports Factory ZA. Uh, send us an email. Uh, we're happy to jump on to, to calls after this. And uh, we look forward to doing this again and to engaging further and to getting some other guests on the show. And once again, Marissa, thank you so much. You're a fantastic Absolutely. human and you... You know, we've known each other a long time and you, you're always a big supporter of, of the initiatives. And I think this one, uh, we've got a mutual love for it. So let's see what we can try and uh, debunk together moving forward. It's been great. Thank you, um, Alan, for the opportunity. Julia, lovely to meet you. Um, look forward to IRL one day. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I took my kids to the first rage ever and we've gone every year since. Yes, amazing. Uh, fingers crossed that it it continues. And um, Alan, look forward to the next webinar where we learn more about esports. Awesome, brilliant! Thank you so much, Marissa. Final uh, statement or anything that you want to leave the people with, Marissa or Julia, from your side. Um, if I may, <laughs> this is a bit of Pleasure a shameless shameless plug, but um, I am competing in a event that's happening today. We're call it's a show match that's hosted by Red Bull. So Red Bull, obviously being um, a very active uh, both in the sporting and esports gaming realm, um, they've hosted a show match with one myself and a pro Counter Strike player, Fady, a local player versus a pro female player, Yana, and um, one of her uh, teammates, um, Detruni. So we are all competing tonight. Um, it's going to be quite a spectacle. There's going to be cool production, and uh, we're doing a whole thing, basically getting the gaming and um, community involved with it. So if there's any brands that's interested in seeing how one of the front runners in that realm does it, I would really be um, interested in... Uh, uh, sharing some information with you guys, but I have shared my Twitch um, link where I'll be going live tonight at 6 p.m. and you guys will see what type of content 
from the Bish realm gets pushed out there. Um, but also on my social media, um, Julia Bish Robson. Um, and you guys can go check out the hashtags and follow that and see how Red Bull is engaging with the community. Um, and I think that will give a really nice insight of what's happening locally in the esports community and how people engage with our content. Great stuff, guys. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a lovely day. Thank if you. you don't game, thanks, guys. Start gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Game broken. <laughs> Game broken. <laughs> <laughs>